So this morning, we're going to be continuing our sermon series on all hearts. Pastor Tanner brought us a great word last week, Sunday, when he shared with us about bringing our best. So today, we're going to continue the sermon series once more. Uh, before we get started, let me open us up in a word of prayer now. Father, I thank you for tonight. For I thank you, God, for this time with your children, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity to come together once, once again to hear your word, O oh God. So, Lord, I pray, Father, will you speak to our hearts, O oh God? Lord, we want to hear your voice. We don't want to hear the voice of any man. Speak, Lord, we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So today, we're going to be in um, the book of Malachi, chapter 2, verses 1 to 16. But before I go into the text of today, let me just give us a little overview of what Pastor Tana shared with us last week. He challenged us about bringing our best. So as he also reminded us, giving us the context of what we can see in the life of Israel at this point, they were about 80 to 100 years post-exile. And at that point in their life, they had all these wonderful promises that was made to them when the temple was being built, promises that um, God was going to send them a king that will rule over all of the nations. So they were eagerly awaiting the arrival of the Messiah and the prosperity that God has promised the kingdom of Israel. By this point in time, there was a great spiritual depression and apathy because those promises were delayed. The promises were not seen and the people had grown tired. The people had grown apathetic and were not following God like they should follow God. And the result of this is overwhelming distrust of God and dishonor of God. So we actually see here, so the first thing the Lord tells them is, I love you. So God was going to rebook his people for dishonoring him. But the first thing he tells them is, I love you. As a father disciplined the sons he loved, God is rebooking them in love. So this morning, we're going to hear again the words that Malachi brought to the people of Israel in that time. And what we also see again here is that God doesn't mean what. He gives them the diagnosis right away as the great physician. The first thing he tells them in Malachi 1.6, he said, A son honors his father, and his servant his master. If, I, if then I am a father, where is my honor? If I am a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts, to you, O priests, who despise my name. The priests and the people despise the name of God. They despise the honor of God. They dishonor him. If we also see the same thing again, that God tells them in Malachi chapter 2 and verse 1 and 2, the Lord again calls them out and says, you guys don't honor me. He said in Malachi 2, verses 1 and 2, And now, O priest, this command is for you. If you will not listen, if you will not take it at, if you, if you will not take it to heart, that, that is, take it seriously, to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you do not lay it to heart. Because you don't take me seriously. Because you don't take my honor seriously. God said he's going to curse 
their blessings. What we see the people doing here is, I mean, I asked myself as I read this, you're bringing, like Pastor Tana shared with us last week, you're bringing offerings and sacrifices that are not acceptable before God. Why would you even do that? It is because it doesn't mean anything to them anymore. So we see in Malachi 1 verse 10, when they, 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 they were bringing blemished, polluted offerings, and in verse 10, the Lord says to them, Oh, that they were one among you who will shut the doors that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. The, the Lord tells them, Why would you bring an offering in vain? I will not accept your offering. So this morning, we're going to be considering vain worship. An offering that dishonors God, an offering that the Lord does not accept, is vain. It's vain offering. It's useless offering. It's likened to what the Lord Jesus said to the Pharisees in Mark chapter 7, verses 6 and 7. When they, you know, the, 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 the Pharisees, they glorified all these physical things and washing and all of that. And the Lord said to them, he said, the truth is said of you, like, it was, like, like, like the prophet Isaiah said, you people worship me in vain. You people worship me in vain. He said, you only honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. In vain do you worship me. So the people, so the Pharisees were worshiping God in vain. Their lips were worshiping, but their hearts were far away. Their hearts were far away from God. So I want us to see the diagnosis here is vain worship. The people were worshiping God in vain. So let's see the manifestation of vain worship in these people, as we see in Malachi chapter 2. To recognize vain worship, the first thing we see here is, like we see in chapter 1, the people were bringing polluted offerings. The, the Lord had said to the priests and to Moses in Leviticus, they should bring offerings without blemish. But what do we see here in chapter 1? The people were bringing blind animals, lame animals, animals that were sick. That was what they gave to God. And God said to them, if you take this to your governor, will he accept it from you? That's what we see. So the first thing we see here is vain worship. We see vain worship in the polluted offerings that the people brought to the Lord. In chapter 1 of Malachi and verse 8, it says, when you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? When you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? They brought polluted offerings to God. The second manifestation of vain worship that we also see here is in verses 3 through verses 9 of Malachi chapter 2. It was false worship. Let's see that from here. Malachi chapter 2, verses 3. Now, behold, I will rebook your offspring and spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. So you shall know that I have sent you this command. That my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I give them to him. 
It was a covenant of fear, and he feared me. He stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and there was no wrong found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many from iniquity. For the leaves of a priest should guard knowledge, and people should seek instruction from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But what have these people done? But you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by your instruction. They were giving false instruction. You've corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. And so I make you despise and abase before all the people, inasmuch as you do not keep my ways, but show partiality in your instruction. It's true of them when the Lord said of Eli and his sons in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30, when the Lord said, those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me, I will lightly esteem. So God is also saying, I will make you despise. I will abase you because you dishonor me. So we see here, the priests, they were, so, they were supposed to be the custodian of knowledge. They were supposed to guard the knowledge of God, teach the law to the people. What, what were they doing? They were offering partial instruction, false instruction. And the people who bring sacrifices did not even know better. They were bringing polluted offerings and sacrifices to God. And the third manifestation of vain worship that we see here is, let's see this again in the text, Malachi 2, verses 10 through 12 now. Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another? Profaning the covenant of our fathers, Judah has been faithless. An abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign God. Hear this now. To show that God does not accept the offering they brought before him. Said in verse 12, May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob any descendant of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. They were busy proclaiming God's commands. They were busy violating God's command, disobeying it, and yet they bring an offering before God. They're worshiping with their lips, but their hearts are far, and they worship in vain. And God said, Cursed be that kind of person that comes into my house. Here he is. They disobey God's command because God had told them that they should not mingle and intermarry with the other nations. Because the other nations would draw, the women of the other nations would draw their hearts after their gods. It was true of Solomon, the wisest and richest man in all the world. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And when he got old, his wives drove his heart after other gods. That's the thing there. Our God is a jealous God. And he loves us. He's jealous for our affections. So disobedience is a manifestation of vain worship. Another thing we also see here for, about vain worship, we see in Malachi 13 through 16. And this second thing you do, you cover the lost altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because 
in no longer regards the offering or accept it with favor from your hand. I mean, they go to the altar, they're weeping, they're crying because God doesn't accept them. And why doesn't God do that? But you say, why does he not? Because God was a witness between you and the wife of your youth to whom you've been faithless. They ignore God. They fail to acknowledge God at, at the center of their relationship. They think it's just their wife. And they forget when Peter said in 1 Peter 3, he said that, that husbands should honor their wives and treat them as the weaker vessel so that their prayers, so that your prayers and husband may not be hindered. Here we see they ignore God and they maltreat their wives. They, 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 they treat them unkindly and divorce their wives ignoring the presence of God in their relationships. Or people who dishonors God will eventually dishonor people as well, whom God made in his own image. Verse 15, did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. For the man who does not love his wife, but divorces her, says the Lord God of Israel, covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless. So we see, that's the last manifestation of vain worship that we see here. They bring offering at the same time, maltreating and divorcing their wives. How is God expected to answer that kind of prayer? They ignore God who was a witness to that union. So this was then. This was, this, this was a condition of the Israelites, the returnees from the exile in Judah at that time. Let's apply this to our time and to our lives right now. I mean, many of us can also say that the Lord's coming is delayed. God is waiting to bring him. He's, he's, he's been patient. In his forbearance, he wants more people to come into the kingdom. And we are like, okay, God, when are you coming back? Are you discouraged? Are you down? There's also the pandemic. We don't know when it's going to end. The plague is killing and many people are suffering. People are depressed. People are anxious. And now we're asking the question, where is God? And some might be tempted to dishonor and despise God and say there is no God in our time. Like this will say that God created the world and he abandoned it and he has gone away. No, our God is here. He's alive. He is with us. So let's bring it to our time. How do we recognize vain worship in our own lives? Let's look at number one, polluted offerings. When you bring anything that is less than the best, it is polluted offering. It is vain offering. When we, I mean, let's think about this. The, let's think of the resources, the time, and the efforts that we dedicate into God's work, into God's kingdom. If we were to dedicate that on our jobs, are we going to get that promotion? Will our bosses praise us? Let's ask ourselves that question. In keeping appointments with God in prayer, you want to wake up in the morning for a devotional study of the word. In keeping your appointments in prayer, in coming to church, you never, I mean, how are you faithful to your appointment with God? 
You set your alarm for 6 o'clock to meet up with God in the morning. Do you follow through? If your boss set up a meeting for 6 a.m. in the morning, will you be there? So when we give God less than the best, it is polluted offering. Let's also think about false teaching around us. What are we doing here? I mean, the prophet tells us that the mouth of a prophet, of a priest should guard knowledge. For, for, I mean, there's, there's, there's a prevalence of false teaching in our nation. I mean, we know about the prosperity gospel and many other false teachings like that. But what about you? How is your devotional study of the scriptures? I mean, as a student, we devote hours upon hours to studying the scriptures. But when it comes to the Bible, how much time do you devote to the study of the scriptures? As I read biographies of the ancient Christians, means Forgians, Matthew Henry, I mean, I, I read and they would say they, they, they read the Bible through on their knees, prayerfully on their knees. How serious are we with the word of God? If you also consider disobedience to God, if you were to rate yourself on a level, on a scale of obeying God's commands, how good are you at that? How good are you following through the scriptures? The Lord tells us it is not those who hear, but it is those who practice the word who are blessed. And we must know that the more we disobey the Holy Spirit, we grieve him. And you, you don't grieve the Holy Spirit. The other thing we see here is that we see a failure to acknowledge God's presence in our marriages. I mean, the statistics are out there. There is no difference in mental troubles and woes between Christians and non-Christians. Husbands, are you loving your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her? Are you willing, are you laying down your life to save your wife and wives? Are you submitting to your husbands as Sarah submitted to her own husband and she received a commendation from the Lord? So this word is for us today. It calls for us to recognize vain worship in our life and to repent of it. Now, what I want us to do now is to look at the elements of acceptable spiritual worship. The worship that God accepts, what does that look like? So let's look at Romans chapter 12. Paul writes there, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the message of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. As Malachi was appealing to the people to desist from vain worship, I also appeal to you this morning, my brothers and my sisters, let's desist from vain worship. I appeal to you by the message of God, in view of what God has done for us, in view of what God has done for you. When I look at my life, I see where God has taken me from. I was deep in darkness. I was lost in my sin. And God saved me. He gave me life. He gave me hope. 
bless me with my favorite things, my, my family. I'm super thankful. For you, I'm thankful. So in view of all that God has done for us, what should we do? Paul tells us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. When you look at the sacrificial system that is acceptable to God, it has four elements. The first element there is the person presenting the offering. And the second element is the sacrifice itself. And the third element is the priest who offers the sacrifice on behalf of the presenter or the worshiper. And lastly, there is a temple where the, where, where the offering is presented. So one of the things we should know, so the presenter, what, should, what do you want to see in the presenter? The person presenting the sacrifice should present the sacrifice with reverence and with awe. I mean, the writer of Hebrew tells us to bring acceptable worship to God in reverence and in awe. Not just casual or any kind of offering or sacrifice to our God. What should the sacrifice look like? The sacrifice should be, number one, surrendered. Because when you think of a sacrifice, it's usually dead, and it's placed on the altar, and it's dead. It cannot move. It is at the mercy of God for the fire to consume it and to burn it up. But here, Paul says, present yourself as a living sacrifice. The sacrifice has to be, you have to surrender yourself under the mighty hand of God. And the other thing also is that you want to bring valuable worship to God. David said in 2 Samuel 24, 24, he said, I will not offer to God sacrifice that costs me nothing. So ask yourself, whatever sacrifice or service that you're rendering in the body, what does it cost you? Are we just giving God casual worship? Let's come to God, surrender, and bring something valuable to our great God in honor of what he has done for us. Let's look at the priest as well. Malachi tells us that the mouth of priests should guard knowledge. Paul tells Timothy, he said, you should do your best to present yourself unto God, a workman. That does not need to be ashamed, but is rightly handling the, the word of truth. How much of the word of God do you know? How much of the word of God can you divide and explain to an unbeliever who needs to hear? Otherwise, they're going to be saved and lost. Learn the word of God for yourself to be able to withstand the attacks of the devil. That's good to be able to practice and do it. It's, let's take it one step further. Learn the word of God to be able to teach it to unbelievers so they can come into the kingdom. Learn the word of God to be able to encourage your brothers and sisters when they need the help. The mouth of priests should guard knowledge. You are a priest of God. Peter reminds us, he said, God has made us a kingdom of priests. You are a priest of God. And finally, you have the presenter brings the offering to the priest, and the priest takes the offering into the temple and offers it up to God. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3.16, say, we are the temple, you are the temple of God. Do you know that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? You are God's temple. And God's Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So what, we sh what should we do? If God lives inside of us, we should keep our bodies holy. We should keep the temple holy. 
And one way to do that is obedience. Obedience. Because disobedience grieves the Holy Spirit. And he will not dwell in a vessel that is unclean. He will not use a vessel that is unclean. If you want God to use you, let's learn to obey God more and more. So today, the call for us is to stop being worship. Like Malachi called to Israel of that day. Let's stop being worship. And instead, in view of all that God has done for us, let us offer to God acceptable spiritual worship. As Pastor Tanner shared with us last week, and he challenged us with an RHC challenge. The challenge I want to give us this week, because you are a priest of God. Yes, my brother, my sister, you're a priest of God. And as a priest of God, you need to know God's word. So honor God by setting aside time daily to seek to know him more through a personal devotional study of the Bible. I'm going to repeat it again. Challenge someone with this. Honor God by setting aside time daily to seek to know him more through a personal devotional study of the Bible. May the God bless his words in our hearts this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is true. Your word is life. I'm praying, Father, as your word goes out to your people, would you please light up our hearts, O God? Set our hearts on fire, God. Move us to action from here, O God. Lord Almighty, help us. We repent, O God, of vain worship, O God. Help us to move toward acceptable spiritual worship. This is our prayer, O oh God. We thank you, Father. We love you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, have we pray. Amen. All right, family. Let's not forget. Let's challenge ourselves this week to a personal devotional study of the Bible. Invite someone along with you to join you in studying the scriptures. Show yourself a workman that does not need to be ashamed, but is rightly, correctly, Handling the word of truth. The Lord be with you, I receive. God bless you.